Hey, great to be with you guys. How are you? Good. Joel, and I just remembered, I just referenced Waimea Bay. Are you are you out surfing at Waimea Bay? <laughs> I am not. <laughs> but you are in Hawaii, correct? We are on a little bit of vacation preparing for a month-long speaking tour uh, throughout the United States and uh, got in a little early. We were supposed to actually, uh, I got one of my sons with me. Yep. We were supposed to be in St. Thomas. Yes. And, um, oh, my. Just so, yeah. so sad what is happening there. Mm. And our prayers are with everybody in, yeah. the, in the Caribbean, Florida, you know, the Gulf states, uh, Texas, and uh, yeah. on and on. I mean, it's just just horrific what's going on right now. God yeah. is really shaking this country and, and this region. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It, it, you know, just this, you know, Harvey, Irma, Maria. I mean, it's like, wow, that is just unbelievable. Yeah. It is. Well, I think it's like Puerto Rico. I mean, no power for what they're saying, maybe six months. Yeah, that, that's inconceivable. The mayor of, yeah. of San Juan is saying, you know, we can rebuild, but you have to understand Puerto Rico and San Juan as you've known it, they do not exist. Yeah. Wow. This, yeah. This, this is just, and then what's going on in Mexico and, and the fires right. in the Northwest. Yeah. Something is happening. Uh, even secular lost people are saying, what in mm-hmm. the world is going on? Yeah. And the answer is God is trying to get our attention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw um, and actually retweeted a, an article from the New York Times online edition a, a week or so ago. And the, and the, the, t- the title of the article was, um, if you think that these are the end times, um, you might be right. <laughs> that was the New York Times. Oh, I, I missed that one. I'll look that one up. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's been a crazy. horrible uh, article on on Fox News going on right now that these Christian numerologists—I've never even heard the term. Yeah, uh, I'm 50 now. I've never heard that term. There are no such things. As, but, yeah. but whatever these people call themselves, they're saying that uh, today is the end of the world. Somehow, yep. When Jesus said, "No one knows the day or the hour," these particular people must have gotten. <laughs> Um, an insight that uh, you just said none of us would get. So, yeah, yeah. But this is the type of craziness and sensationalism yeah. that people yeah. use to, uh, I, I think, to yeah. uh, to confuse uh, an actual mm-hmm. solid mm-hmm. Uh, biblical understanding of what God is doing, and it's yeah. designed by the enemy to confuse and distract and to discount. Yeah. Bible prophecy right at the moment yeah. when this is, in fact, the only way to understand yeah. what is really happening. Yeah, and the, these nutty theories, you know, these conspiracy things and so forth, they thrive in this kind of environment. I was thinking about that today, how, wow, it's just like the perfect storm, if you will, for that kind of nonsense, you know. And that brings us up to, Joel, you'll be here a week from Saturday, kind of bringing some clarity to the body of Christ and kind of and talking about what the Lord is doing, some great things God is doing right now. Yeah, that's my heart. I mean, I think, look, we. I am so grateful that you guys invited us to come and do this epicenter conference uh, and to speak at Calvary Coast Mesa a couple of days before the conference really begins. Yep. Uh, yeah, I believe our, I'm there on our Wednesday night study. Yeah, right, Wednesday night, October fourth, mm-hmm. I believe it yep. is. Yeah, and then the epicenter conference is the sixth and the seventh, and I hope that people will. We'll register for the conference and come, as well as, of course, be there on that Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. We haven't had an epicenter conference in four years. Yeah, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico was the last one, or actually Jerusalem was the last one, and mm-hmm. Albuquerque the last one in the U.S. My transition with my family, moving to Israel, 
cause us to say, listen, we've got to take a, a break here and just focus on, on making this adjustment mm-hmm. to living in Israel. Um, but we really felt, as, as you did, Brian and Cheryl, and this was, this was the right moment to, yeah. to uh, reintroduce this and to look at what is happening in the country, in the world, and particularly in Israel and the Arab world, mm-hmm. from the perspective of the Scriptures, yeah. from the perspective of Bible prophecy, what none of us could have really, you know, I think we couldn't have predicted, nor would we have wanted to, was that so many cataclysmic events mm-hmm. would be happening in just the days and weeks leading up to this, yeah. causing people to ask, what is going on? This is yeah. not normal yeah. uh, situation, <laughs> and it does, yeah. I think, raise the, 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 the overall interest in yeah. what does the Scripture say, and what does a solid, healthy understanding of the Bible and Bible Excellent. prophecy yeah. tell us about what's happening and what it means to us? Yeah, and, and you know, Joel, it's not just those um, cataclysmic things that are happening, but there's all kinds of interesting Political things happening, obviously, um, all over the world. Of course, the UN this past week uh, with President Trump, you know, speaking there for the first time and just some of the things he said. I saw Benjamin Netanyahu's responses to, um, you know, what Trump said. And, of course, he was very supportive. And, um, and, then, and then you've got these interesting developments in Israel with their neighbors and, um, of course, you've always got the negative with Iran and so forth. But then you've got these overtures uh, from some of these Arab countries that are looking more toward, like, you know, let's get along here yeah. in the Middle East. So, And okay. I, know you're, I know you're on top of that. You're always, uh, you know, you're sending out um, tweets and blogs and things on that. So that's going to be really good to get a perspective on that when you come. Uh, I appreciate it. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, you have... Uh, Venezuela in a total meltdown and, and people heading into really a starvation mode in Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> Out in North Korea, at the other end of the world, you've got uh, so, you know, somebody who's done 17 ballistic missile tests just this year. Yeah. 17. The sixth nuclear weapons test so far. They're talking about testing a hydrogen nuclear bomb over the Pacific and, and North Korea's threatening nuclear war against the United States and our allies. And that's just like last week, now, yeah. and this week, and now you're talking about, you're right, you've got genocide going on in the Middle East with ISIS and Assad's government, Syria is imploding, and yet you're referring to the fact that something, in the midst of all that bad news, something mm-hmm. curious and potentially positive is going on. Mm-hmm. Israel and her Arab neighbors um, mm-hmm. are talking about peace, and, is, you know, can we just say for just a moment... Christians have an interesting view of, of peace, and we, and we struggle with it. Because when we hear about peace in the Middle East, our first instinct should be, that's good, right? Yeah. Because Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Right. right. Uh, the, the psalmist tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And, and yet, we also know from Daniel 9 that there will be a peace one day yeah. that is really a setup yeah. for tremendous evil. Uh, and so yeah. we, we, I think, depending on a person's understanding of the Scriptures, or, mm-hmm. or maybe they focus on one part of the Scriptures, and, yeah. and, they, and they may not have a balanced view. So yeah. when we have Egypt and Jordan and their leaders really saying, look, we already have peace treaties with Israel, 
and we want to help our brothers and sisters in the region get there also, yeah. this is very positive. We yeah. should think of this as positive. Yeah. 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 And I, yet... <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, because, I mean, those other things that we're all aware of who have, you know, studied prophecy over the years, taught it, and so forth, they happen in a very specific context. They happen in the context of the Antichrist, and that time has not yet come. So, Correct. to me, you know, if 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 there's peace in the sense that there's like, you know, in the days of the apostles, the Pax Romana, that opened the way for the gospel to go around the world, I'm all for that kind of peace. You know, let's uh, let's get that going so we can get the gospel further and further into these countries that desperately need the gospel. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul tells Timothy. Pray yeah. for your leaders, um, which, you know, never should we be praying for our leaders as much now, yeah. including you mentioned the president. Look, the president, that's, that's a whole topic unto itself, but yes. you need to be praying for any president. <laughs> yeah. This one in particular, he's new, he doesn't have a lot of experience, he's sort of a you know, poster child for, you know, for James chapter 3 and how we use our mouth and our tongue and <laughs> maybe our thumbs even, but, but still he's the president, and we need him to do a good job, so we need to pray. But, but Paul is also saying, pray for our leaders in part so that we have that we can live quiet lives, mm-hmm. so that we can preach the gospel and we're not under terror, we're not under persecution. Yes, it will come. Yes, persecution will get worse. But pray that for the season that you're in, that God gives you some, some, some freedom, some grace to operate. And we do need to be praying for that, and not just for ourselves in the United States, but for the followers of Jesus Christ in Syria, in Iraq, uh, in Lebanon, in Egypt. Egypt, you know, the 21 uh, Christians uh, beheaded by ISIS uh, in, in recent years, uh, churches being bombed. You know, I was just in Egypt a couple months ago. And it's not that as though Christians are being persecuted every day, but yeah. it is a real concern that's yeah. not like living in the United States. So mm-hmm. praying for peace and for quiet and for leaders, even if they're Muslim leaders, even if they're leaders who don't know Christ, yeah. but who know how to govern in yeah. a reasonable way, right. this is the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so when you're with us um, on the, uh, I think the Wednesday is the 4th, right? October 4th, yeah. yes. So we're going to, that night, I really am looking forward to you giving, you know, kind of the the classic sort of epicenter message that deals with all of the things that we're talking about right now. So kind of a prophecy update, a Middle East update. And then the conference itself is going to have a little bit of a different emphasis. And I think it's an emphasis that we really, really need. You know, I was teaching this past Sunday on um, in Acts chapter 1, you know, and, the, and you know there Jesus, the, the disciples ask him right there out the gate, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you know, you'll be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I, you know, I just said kind of offhandedly, I just said, you know, look, um, our nations, land, that's not what we're about. We're about people. God can take care of the land. That's his job. That's his business. We got we to gotta get to people. We got to see people saved. And I think uh, that really what we're going to talk about over the, the weekend with the Epicenter Conference is about people and what God is doing among people, what he's doing with um, people coming out of Islam to faith in Christ and how there's an awakening to some 
degree among the Jews, even uh, toward and, and a softening uh, toward the gospel. Absolutely, uh, you 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 describe it and summarize it, you know, just beautifully. Uh, that Wednesday night, I'm going to give. I'm just sort of going to frame the puzzle, right? You, yeah. you know, people look at the Middle East and they're like, they feel like they got a a puzzle of five thousand pieces. And they're like, I don't even know where to begin. Hmm. So, so Wednesday night we'll frame the puzzle. We'll see what's happening with all these hurricanes and earthquakes and fires and, 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 and nuclear tests and threats. How do we get the big picture of where we are in time and space prophetically in a, in a healthy, mm-hmm. you know, true whole council of Scripture type way? Yeah. And then we will, uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll take a special look at the Middle East in that context. But then, during the actual Epicenter Conference, as you say, we're going to drill down. We're going to say, okay, um, for those of you who, who have a great love for Israel and are glad that God did say he will bring his Jewish people back to the land, that the, the state of Israel will be recreated in the last days, amen, that is happening. And I can tell you, having lived there now, it's, it's, it's exciting, it's dramatic, but, but... Sometimes, those of us who love Jesus and love um, God's prophecies, we get so excited and so interested in Israel as a state, mm-hmm. as a geopolitical entity, prophetic, but still a geopolitical yeah. entity, that we're forgetting to focus on the fact that most Jews do not know Jesus. Right. And most Israelis don't, most Muslims don't, most Palestinians don't, and, so, and the Palestinians are not happy about an Israel, even the followers of Jesus Christ who are Palestinian have been deeply affected mm-hmm. um, and, and often negatively um, uh, by the recreation of the state of Israel. So they don't see this as, oh, this is wonderful. I'm so glad to see these prophecies come true. They don't even believe, most of them, mm-hmm. that these are prophecies that have come true. <laughs> and so the question for the Church is, for those of us who love Israel and who love God's Word and, and do see it this way, how do we have compassion love, understanding, for those who do not see this, either either they know the Lord, but they don't see this as biblically significant, or they don't know the Lord, they're Jews or Muslims or whatever, and they need the gospel. How can we strengthen the Church, encourage our brothers and sisters, both Jews and Arabs, to reach their people at this time in the midst of this incredibly complex and tumultuous and painful Arab-Israeli conflict? This fascinates me at times discourages me, but mostly I am, mostly I am heartened. Mm-hmm. I see the Holy Spirit moving more powerfully in the land of Israel and around it mm-hmm. than at any other time since the first century. Yeah. And I think that most mm-hmm. people who love Israel are looking at the, yeah. at the state of Israel and not the church in Israel, and I think that's where we need to go in yeah. this conference. Yeah, and, and actually your guests, the guys that are going to be sharing the platform with you, are guys who are coming from Israel, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got um, some of the most interesting, fascinating uh, 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 Israeli pastors and ministry leaders, Jewish, mm-hmm. and uh, Palestinian pastors mm-hmm. and ministry leaders, mm-hmm. Arabs. Um, uh, and, and what you're going to see, I love these men. I, I wish I could bring, you know, hundreds of them for you to, for people <laughs> to meet, but right. we, yeah. we selected a, a handful yeah. of those who, who speak English well, Mm-hmm. And who and who these are, these are the real deal. These are not. I mean, I, I'm all for missionaries, but these are these are yes. not missionaries. These are Israelis <laughs> yeah. and Palestinians. They live there. They were born there. They were raised there. They serve there, and they're going to 
take you inside what God is doing and, and in a very boots-on-the-ground way. I mean, I speak often in big picture, try to frame the puzzle, mm-hmm. but these guys are going to drill into individual pieces of the puzzle mm-hmm. in a way that we've never done in an epicenter conference before. And I think this is an incredibly important time. I remember having dinner with Brian and, and Cheryl, you guys uh, on, the, on the coast of, of the Mediterranean, yes. a few years ago, as yeah. we talked through, would it be a good time yeah. to, t- to, to, to move people closer in and help them see what is God yeah. really doing? Yeah. Because when you see what God's doing, it helps the church to be prepared, because I believe there's a last call. God wants to save as many people as possible, and we often forget about that evangelical call that God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to eternal life. And it shows the church how to be ready, how to share the gospel with whoever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the, you know, as, as we've discussed in the past, um, uh, but for those who are listening and maybe haven't heard me say it before, one of the themes that I want to unpack a little bit at this Epicenter Conference is the concern I have that for far too many evangelicals in the United States, the Israel of Israel, the issue of Israel and her neighbors is an either-or issue. They either love Israel and they don't even think about Palestinians or mm-hmm. Syrians or anyone else in the region, or they have a hostility, or or a, or they or they or they reflect that in their language, or it's the opposite that they believe that God is done with the Jews. They're, they you know mm-hmm. Jews rejected Jesus, so you know there's no. There's no real plan for Israel. Israel's an interloper, and what God really does is he loves the Palestinians and the Jordanians and the Syrians and the Iraqis. And I'm not saying every Christian believes that, but I'm saying that far too many <laughs> I agree. have an either-or approach, and yeah. I don't believe that's biblical. Yeah. Amen. I, I believe God is both and. Mm-hmm. And the question is, well, well, what do you mean by that, Joel? I mean, do you mean God has given everybody the right to that land? What do you... And I'm talking about the gospel here. I, mm-hmm. I, we're going to set aside, actually, the geopolitical yeah. issues, the, the issues of who, sh- you know, how should, you know, should there be a peace treaty, how should work. We're not going to talk about that at this conference. <laughs> yeah, right. The, thing, that the things important. that the Father has put in his own authority, we're going to let, we're going to yeah. leave those in God's hands. <laughs> exactly. Leave that to Caesar. They seem to, Caesar seems to be doing a great job solving the problem, but I'll tell you, and I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, I hope that came through. <laughs> yes. But what, the only hope is is that Jesus transforms a Jew, a Muslim, an Arab into somebody who loves him and therefore loves each other. And what you're going to see on that stage at Calvary Costa Mesa, at the Epicenter Conference, are men who love the Lord and therefore love each other. Mm-hmm. We do not agree. Most of us on that stage do not agree with each other on 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 some of the central issues about is. You know, my Palestinian friends, they, they do not believe that Israel is biblically prophetic. Mm-hmm. They do not believe that God has given the Jews that land. And I love them anyway. Yeah. And I'm a Zionist, <laughs> and they love me anyway. And the question is, why? Yeah. And the answer is Jesus. And we got to, yeah. you can say that in a soundbite and tell me, oh, come on. But I'm telling you, yeah. every foreign minister, prime minister, president has tried to make peace, including our current president, mm-hmm. who, bless his heart, says, I don't understand why this is not done already. This is like this is easy to do. We're going to get this thing done. Okay, I, wonderful. Bless you know, blessed are the peacemakers. But Christ is actually currently making peace, and 
I want people to come to the conference and to see Jews and Arabs, Israelis and Palestinians on the same stage, not killing each other. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of Jesus. And mm-hmm. explain it to us. Like, why? Like, <laughs> that You actually have strong, passionate views. Yeah. This is not theoretical. This is not a textbook to you. You're a Palestinian who has been harmed, yeah. hurt, painful, physically and emotionally and spiritually by the Israeli society. Why do you still love us in spite of things that have been done to you, and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good, Joel, because, you know, we really need that. And I think what you just said a minute ago is so important to recognize, like, you know, okay, so these guys, they don't agree about these these scriptures. And, you know, there there are some people who would just flat out say, well, if you don't believe, you know, what, what we would call like a premillennial, you know, eschatology or, and, you know, we can include a pre-trib eschatology. And if you don't, if you don't believe that you're a heretic and I can't have anything to do with you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that rhetoric out there. And we, we have got to do a better job at getting rid of that kind of stuff because, like you said, these are important issues, but they're obviously not salvation issues. And we can still love our brothers and have good fellowship with them, but just disagree over some of these things. Absolutely. And think of how many other contexts we, we ought to be doing that. Like, we have a lot of brothers and sisters. Like, I imagine you do in Southern California. I know you do. I'm, but, you know, okay, you disagree on the role of women in ministry. You disagree on um, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, you know, are, are, are we cessationists, or do we yeah. believe God is still moving in these ways? I mean, there, there are so many issues yeah. uh, in the body of Christ that are important. They're not, and, and what, but, they're, but, but they're not ultimately the ones that make the difference between yeah. is a person saved or right. not. Exactly. And, and this is where the question is going to come up, uh, a, a really critical theme of the Epicenter Conference will be John 17. Mm-hmm. What does it mean when Jesus says mm-hmm. he wants us to be one as he and the Father are one? Yeah. Now, he and the Father agree on everything, So, <laughs> but, but he knows, yeah. and, and you can see in the context of the Scriptures, he knows that we as flawed, saved, yeah. but flawed human beings do not agree on everything, yeah. and yet the question is how do we operate in love as one mm-hmm. even when we don't agree on anything. In fact, there may be lots of things we disagree on. How does that work? But, I, but here's the key, and I, and I think this is important. How, let me ask this as a question. Mm-hmm. How can followers of Jesus Christ in the epicenter, in the Middle East, Jews and Muslims, Jews and Arabs, how can we communicate accurately, effectively to our people that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he's the Savior, and he's the answer, if we don't even love each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is, this, I, I don't say this as a theoretical. Many Jewish and Palestinian believers do, do, are unable to sit together in a room. Mm-hmm. And still, and, and, and I, but they have a lot of history with each other. Yeah. They've fought in wars against each other. Yes. Right. Up to and including yesterday. Like, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. this is not like centuries ago for them. Yeah. And so for them, the question of when Jesus says, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another, yeah. it takes not just getting saved, but the Spirit beginning to mature us and, mm-hmm. and humble us and soften our hearts to love one another 
Yeah. And if we can show that yeah. to a lost nation, then they can start to say, wow, mm-hmm. Clinton didn't make peace, Trump didn't make peace, Bush didn't make peace, Obama didn't make peace, Netanyahu didn't make peace, Abbas didn't make peace. How come these people have peace? <laughs> yeah. But if we can't even love each other, yeah. <laughs> how can we communicate effectively yeah. that yeah. we have the answer? Yeah. Yeah, this is great. This is great stuff. So I can't wait. Uh, coming up real quickly here. So for the, for the Epicenter Conference, though, we're taking online signups for this, correctly? Is that correct? Yes, there is yeah. a registration because there's a lunch that okay. will be included. Mm-hmm. I believe the charge is $25. Right. And you can go to epicenterconference.com mm-hmm. to register. Um, you can also go to joshuafund.com. That's the our ministry that, you know, runs the whole conference, but yeah. that will just route you back to <laughs> epicenterconference.com. Great. I don't know if you guys have the link on your website. Probably you do, but... Uh, um, yeah, we do. Okay, so, yeah. and we encourage people to, to sign up and, and to pass the word along uh, through social media, through mm-hmm. friends. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think this is going to be a conference unlike... Mm-hmm. I know it's unlike any Epicenter Conference we've done before. Yeah. And of course... Let me just say something that many of your listeners may or may not remember. I don't know, but the first Epicenter Conference we ever did was at well, it was in Jerusalem, and Pastor Chuck yeah. was uh, the, one of the keynotes because he and Skip Heitzig were the ones that had the idea. I, mm-hmm. I had never thought of having a conference in yeah. Jerusalem. And they said, let's have one, and we'll bring people. Yeah, I and remember that. that's yeah. how we started these things. That was 2008, mm-hmm. 2,000 followers of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in Jerusalem for the first ever Epicenter Conference. And what an honor to come back, uh, and in this case, to, to, to Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, and continue on something that I think God has, has used to... to educate the church. Okay, Joe, we're looking forward to it. We're going to go to a break here in a second. So thanks for calling. Have a great uh, rest. Thank you. You and Lynn and uh, the kids, and we will see you soon. I can't wait. God bless you guys. Okay, God bless you.